Where are we going? Over the top. It's time to go over the top with Michelle Taylor Willis. Hey guys, what's going on? How are you? Atlanta, Real 1100 AM listeners, it is over the top with Michelle Taylor Willis. And I got to give a huge shout out to over iHeartRadio. I was about to say over the top listeners, but that's all y'all. iHeart, what's up? Thanks for tuning in. We got access to 128 million people that can actually partake of all of this awesomeness. And guess what? Our podcast is up and running. Thanks to my handy-dandy intern. But, you know, our home is right here in Atlanta. It's really 1100 a.m. So everybody driving home right now for the next two hours, it's just you and me, friends. I got you. You're going to be entertained. And oh, my gosh. The show today is legendary. Am I right or am I right? You say you're right. He said maybe. (laughs) I'm not going to tell y'all who's in today. But... Just trust me when I tell you, if you like music, no pun intended, if you like R&B music, if you are a fan of the 90s or the 2000s, this man is your best friend. You don't even know it. So I'm excited to have him in here, but just hang tight on that. I got to make sure I say what's up to my Facebook peeps. What's going on, Facebook? We love you. Instagram. What's going on? Everybody following at Michelle Taylor Willis. It's going to be a wild ride today. If you're in your car, please try to stay calm. A lot of things are going to happen. I just don't want to be anywhere near liable for y'all crashing. When I tell you what's going on, when you find out who my guest is today. And speaking of amazing stuff, not so amazing stuff. What is up with the weather? It was zero degrees. And then it was hot, and now there's monsoon. I don't know what's happening in the rest of the nation, but in Atlanta, the the, the weather is out of control. And I'm like, I'm seriously over it because it's destroying my whole, like, being. Like, I wore a sweater today because I thought it was going to be chilly because usually when it's raining, it's chilly outside. So I put this sweater on, and I look like a little caramel mocha drink. (laughs) Y'all, I don't even know where I come up with this stuff. 1100, just bear with me. And it's hot as Hades in here. And uh, and it's raining. It's so bad. It was like a downpour this morning. So I know that you're here visiting from Philly. I don't know what's happening with the weather up here, up there. But down here, it's, it's ridiculous. Do y'all have that problem? Sunshine. You just want to be contrary. It's, it's clearly like 70 degrees there right now. Terrible. You just want to be contrary? No, I'm actually mad. I, I came here hoping to, you know, I could throw on some shorts. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm about to get the ATL heat. And yeah, well, you know, I got Philly down in ATL. Maybe I brought it with me. Maybe know. you did. Yeah. And sidebar, I left my umbrella at the office. So I was at my office, which is in Castleberry Hills, and it was storming. And I literally left my umbrella at the office, so I hope it's not raining when we leave. Because y'all know brown sugar melts, right? Is everybody aware of that? <laughs> it's going to be a little brown puddle when we leave here. My interns are like, oh, my gosh. Okay. Make her stop. No, 
Is it okay? Yeah. So for everybody that's wondering about the crazy weather, there is a weird explanation for it. Um, global warming, but let me just give you a full backstory. Um, <laughs> so there's this thing that happens sometimes in the world. It's so irregular that it normally doesn't happen on the western side of the world. So when it does, America gets the heavy blow. Um, this heavy blow was called a super storm supercell. So what? Yes. So let me explain it. You remember last week when that darkness of rolling darkness, everybody, yes. darkness. Yes. <laughs> just came rolling through literally within a two to three hour period and then passed that was the first supercell uh, supercell storm a definition of a supercell storm is a bunch of thunderclouds forming from different areas whether it be different states or different counties whether you know same state or whatever area and they all form to make one big storm so to give you background this is like if a storm from florida north carolina and tennessee all met up in georgia so it's a thunderstorm gangbang. Yeah, you could you could say that, and it is ruthless. It, thunderstorm gangbang. You heard it here first. On it could come top. with raining hail, many tornadoes, crazy damage, gusting winds, which we all saw. And today was a mini part two of it. Um, they normally last for about two to three hours, but when they come, they normally have a a uh, chance to spin back around for a second blow. So we should be done. Um, That's what he said. Sorry. I, <laughs> I couldn't help it. I don't, I mean. You know, it's only March. We got the April shower season coming, but, you know, we'll we'll see what that continues with. But, hey. Gotta love science, right? And and that's not even a senseless shenanigan. We're not even there yet. You're already spitting the knowledge. That is very senseless, though, I will say. Like, Thank you, Jarrell. Can we spend money on science, please? Please. <laughs> Are they making these things up as they come along? I'm sure. You know, I, I'm still with the Nino. What's going on? I know. Trying, Wait, you know? we haven't even heard about El Nino. Little, what happened little, to little, little El Nino? Little Nino. Where's El Nino at? I don't understand. I'm like, Nino ain't been back. We've been having these crazy storms. And Nino's like, I can't really rock with them dudes it's ridiculous <laughs> nino's like oh y'all replaced me with the supercells <laughs> right. is that what <laughs> they don't like el nino i think it's el nino don't I work think, with supercells i think it's racist it's just, yeah 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 i think it's just another yeah, way yeah. that the man is trying to like yeah. x out the brown people yeah, yeah. separate the clouds you know separate what i mean the <laughs> no separate the dark clouds yeah, yeah they're yeah, gonna separate the dark clouds from the little El Ninos, so now the blacks and the Latins don't get along. That's exactly. Do you see him racial. spitting this knowledge? Of? I got it. I got it. I, I, I brought it here. I thought, he brought it. He yeah. so brought it. Let me yeah. tell you who else brought it today. Coca-Cola Bottling Company, friends. That's right. You heard it here first. I got to make sure I give a huge shout out to my boys, Rudd, Vic, Steve, Jason, everybody at Coca-Cola Bottling Company United, specifically South Metro. They provide if it's got MTW on it, Coca-Cola Bottling Company is there. We are, we got smart water in the house today. If you're on Instagram, Facebook, at Michelle Taylor Willis, check it out. We got some smart water here. We got Dasani. We got Coke with coffee. Did you try this Coke with coffee? Never. Yeah. I, okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> not even once. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't drink soda either. Sody pop. So I don't drink Sody pop. But, um, but people who drink this stuff, like. They love it. They said this is awesome. Um, but we've got all kinds of stuff. I drink their waters. I'm a huge fan of smart water, infused smart water. But I'm a fan of Coke for being a fan of me. And I just got to always make sure that we we shout these guys out. Thank you so much. They deliver a huge truckload. You guys see all that product we've got. Is this in, is this an energy drink? I mean, I don't like you're talking about Coke and coffee. Like that is it like it gives you energy. I'm yeah, sure it, it has to give you something. 
I don't that, think they dub it as an right. energy drink, mm-hmm. but to Jarrell's point, it, it does is. give you energy. Yeah. Kind of like Red Bull gives you, you rings. Wait, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Dang it, they're not. Yeah, Dang. they have to pay for that. Sorry. Yeah, they do have to pay for that. Yeah, yeah. How about Coke Coffee gives you energy? <laughs> no. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Our check will be in the mail soon. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you so much to Coke. And <laughs> it's so nice to have people around you that really just buy into the vision. I mean, you know, whatever we say or do around here, it just, it just all rolls downhill, doesn't it? Okay. So I got a couple of things coming up. I got to make sure I give some people some super incredible credit. Tomorrow, I'm going to be at a luncheon with Senator Sonia Halpern. She is recognizing me for Women's History Month. So I'm very mm-hmm. thankful for that. Yeah, thank you so much. Shout out to Senator Halpern. Um, shout out to Keith Lewis, Rebrand the Man, who was on the show. What was that? Two weeks ago, Keith was here. Rebrand the Man and I'm a Father First. Um, I'm hosting a panel for them next week at the Apex Museum. And I'm telling you guys, if you have not been at the Apex Museum and you live in Atlanta, you need to go. It is a microchasm. Is that a, that is a word, right? Mm. I, I think so. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> of black That's history. Me. Literally. It's so super dope. We need to do an according to Michelle there or something to show the people. Because I feel like that museum does not get the exposure that it needs. But it's dope. So I'm going to be hosting an event for him there. And we got tons of stuff coming up. A lot of accolades to give as we kind of move through the show. But speaking of accolades, I want to make sure you guys know who our guest is. Today, so I'm gonna wait, Jarrell. I just want you to throw out a name, like a cool R&B singer. What do you think? Uh, D'Angelo. No, that's not where I was going with that. God dang it! I really got to prep you guys better. Wait a minute. Okay, I need y'all to understand. That was no type of warning. I, I knew the right answer, but that I didn't feel like that was the right answer. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes you just got to let it go, man. Sometimes you just got to let it go. I'm not going (laughs) to ask you again now. I apologize, (laughs) y'all. I'll see you guys at five. (laughs) For senseless shenanigans. That was the senseless shenanigan on my part. I'm just going to say his name, y'all, and I want y'all to Google him. If you're listening right now, really 1100 AM, and you're driving home, you can't Google him. But if you're sitting at home, you're listening on the radio, on the internet, or on iHeartRadio right now, Carvin Hagens is in the house. And I told y'all last week, I told, didn't I tell y'all last week, Carvin was going to be in the house. And I was like, it's going to be an amazing show. And he's going to be so hot that he's going to make it really hot in the studio, which is what it is right now. See what I did? If anybody's listening, please, just I, I did a few, I did <laughs> a few notches down on the air, please. I don't want the wet spots underneath my arms. And this hot sweater I got going on. But he's that hot. So he changed the game for music. I mean, any R&B singer that you love, that you've heard. Um, he's he, he's a, a fan of the independent artist. He's a fan of R&B. Uh, he's written some of the most prolific songs of our time. Or produced them, or engineered them, or do whatever. Whatever it is, he did it. I mean, he's been nominated for Grammys. This guy is connected all over the place. And the music industry, and I'm saying it, I said what I said. Not yet, but I'm about to say what I'm going to say. The music industry would not be what it is right now if it weren't for Carvin Hagens. 
H-A-G-G-I-N-S. Google him if you're sitting at home or watching on Instagram at Michelle Taylor Willis. Um, and then y'all holler back at me because you can call in at 404-603-8770 at 530 during the Ask Michelle segment. Or you can ask Carvin, whatever you want. Now I'm telling y'all, the reason we call the show Over the Top yep. is because we deliver the most over-the-top guests. You will never have access to these people. Like, you're not going to be able to call Carvin tomorrow and be like, hey, um, so like, what was it like working with music, Soul Child? You can't do that on your mm-hmm. own, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Y'all can only do that right access here on Really 1100. Yeah, the access denied. <laughs> access denied, but not if you call in at 530. So we're going to be talking to him. We're going to talk about the evolution of Carvin Hagens. Because the Carvin of the 90s, the late 90s and the early 2000s is not the Carvin of today. But the Carvin of today was scripted. Molded, designed by the Carvin of the late 90s, early 2000s. Did I say it right? I I mean, am I killing the game here? Take your time, Pastor. Thank you. I can't. I'm not even trying. (laughs) Like, I'm literally not even trying. I'm just like rolling. The words are just like oozing out of me. Freestyle off off the top. (gasps) Jay, I'm so glad. You're on your Jay Z. I'm so glad you said that. Um, Jarrell, I was on Carvin's podcast last night. Okay. And he. Tried it. Oh, no, you didn't. Telling me I can't spit bars. He doesn't believe it. Jarrell, you've heard me. Y'all have heard me do this. 1100 AM, y'all have heard me do this. iHeart, Instagram, Facebook, y'all have heard me spit bars. I, I'm like, a, I'm a musical genius. I'm like Kanye. I'm a musical genius. Y'all don't even know what you have in me. Is that how you feel? That's that, how I feel. Okay. That's how I'm feeling. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll give it to her. The first night, I'm talking about the very first night I met Michelle. We went out, had a great time, and I'm on cue, stood up, bar for bar, went in. And to this day, I don't know. I don't know if that was Michelle talking. Okay. Wait, it was. It was. Okay, it was definitely Michelle talking. <laughs> Who else would it have been, Jerome? It's a whole joke. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> but it was it was very okay. impressive. <laughs> no. No, it was very impressive though. It was very impressive. And y'all had the beat behind so not, me. No. So you just don't he don't try, he does not see the problem is you don't understand my breadth of ability. No, 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 no. I think I think you are extremely talented, but I need an unbiased audience. Uh, Unbiased. These people are the most real with me. Jarrell, aren't you honest with me all the time? Yes, I don't see why else not to be at this point. He, I mean, these people, they don't, they are not yes people. I don't hire yes people. No, because look, there's been moments. There's been moments she has not had the best bars, and we have told her. We love her to death. All right, you know what? I'm going, that, with that being said, I'll I'll, I'll take what you're saying and I'll Okay. All right, I'll I'll, I'll roll with you on that. Yes. Right, right. right. Because he was like, remember how he just went, nailed it. Right. He's been like, uh uh. Yeah, it's like, good. No, we're not live, right? No. Okay, cool. (laughs) Please tell me no. Nobody else heard you, Michelle. Well, I, I'll just love to know that um, um, on the days that she was on, she and the was days on. that she, yeah, <laughs> was she on, and the days she was off, was she absolutely off? Um, He's like, <laughs> let me answer this like very carefully. Every other bar hit. You know what I mean? Like it was there, but then it was like we were in and out. Oh, you're okay. in the door, you're out the door. You're oh, in the door, you're out the door. Oh, gosh, I got We got to take a break. We got to take no, a break. I'm so sorry. <laughs> To leave like y'all grandma. hanging on this. We Close my door and stop making it cold outside. We got to take a break. 
I'm so excited. Y'all can already see what kind of show it's going to be because Carvin likes to throw, he likes to throw, you know, darts. And I like to catch them with my teeth. <laughs> Guys, you're listening on the <laughs> Over the Top with Michelle Taylor Willis. My interns are laughing so hard they're about to drop the phone. Right here, really 1100 AM. If you're driving home, stay with me. If you're watching at Michelle Taylor Willis on Instagram, Facebook, please don't go anywhere. I heart. We got a show for y'all. If you touch any of these dials, I'm coming for your neck. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Michelle. 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 Take this one here for me and my DJ. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Over the Top with Michelle Taylor Willis with the one, uh, the only, uh, MT Dubs. Okay, good job. I was wondering if you were going to at some point, because I did my own dunk. Yeah. I was I thought maybe you like no I was like in the zone working like focus and then I was like wait beat I gotta I gotta hop on that there you go you did a fantastic job <laughs> guys welcome back <laughs> oh over the top with Michelle Taylor Willis iHeartRadio what's up thank you guys for jumping in my real 1100 AM followers right here in the ATL like we are here in Midtown Atlanta the place to be and we got Carvin Hagens here. Carvin was, when we were just on, on break and we were talking to Facebook and Instagram, he was throwing out a couple of names that you might have heard in the music space. Just a few people, you know what I mean? Like, just give him a couple names again, Carvin. Uh, uh, originally, Music Soul Child, Jill Scott, Kenny Lattimore, Shantae Moore. Okay, that's enough. And those are all different names from... <laughs> the first 30 you mentioned. <laughs> so like no more. And listen, I gave I need to give a shout out to Saint. Saint is here. I'm not giving her real name. I'm giving her stage name. It's Saint something. There's something behind it. Saint. Saint what? Saint is Saint Laurent? Saint Laurent? No, I said no, that's the brand, the designer. No, Saint Laurent. Oh, Levon. Oh, I think it's said Saint Laurent. I'm like <laughs> She can't take the people's name. Like, <laughs> That's all her, all her. She's dope. And I was telling our Facebook audience during break that she was pretty, and I'm not putting her on camera. And then JR says, show Saint, show Saint, show. That's like in the comments. And the answer is no. I'm like, are you right? No. Okay, I'll show her so y'all can see her. I'm sorry, real 1100 AM, if you're driving, you can't see. This is... This is, there she is. Oh, she's like, no, I don't want them to see my beautiful face. <laughs> don't you hate pretty people? They're always acting like they're not pretty. I don't like that way. I'm absolutely beautiful. You're welcome. Ting. <laughs> Guys, we're back. It's real 1100 AM right here. We got Carvin in the house. And we are going to have a blast with him. Make sure, first of all, if you got a TV sitting around in your house, and it's on the floor, or it's like sitting on some desk, or littered with papers. Make sure you call my boy Justin at Pristine and Clean TV Installations. He will. I mean, is he not amazing, Jarrell? Very amazing. You know what? I gotta. I gotta expose my cousin real quick, man. Get your TV off the couch, Justin. I will make sure this man gets your services. This is ridiculous. This. This is literally. I come over to his house, and the TV is on his couch. I'm, I'm not kidding. You think I'm joking. What's like, his name? But I, shout him out. I can't say that. Oh, I, I'm no. not, not going to That would be so fun. I'm not going to explain. That would be like so reality. Uh, uh, yeah. CJ, 
<laughs> you said his name. No, 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 oh no, my god! This is the government name. This is the government name. C- CJ Junior. You know who you are. Okay, get it together, dog. Okay, right. okay so you got to make sure you call Justin. <laughs> yes. Not only will he put the TV on the wall, but he puts like these really cool LED lights behind it, mm. so you feel like you're always at the movie theater. Right. When I tell you, it's so dope. It's awesome, okay. guys. Make sure you reach out to him. Four zero four three nine eight thirty one thirty one, or you can find him on the net. Pristine and clean TV installations dot godaddy.com. Yeah, I said it right. I said what I said. It's all of that. That was a bar. It Shoot. was a bar. Oh, I should do. You know what I could do for him? I could do bars for pristine and clean TV installations. Oh. You know I could. Okay, Carvin. No, no, I'm saying oh, I want to hear it. It sounds like it's going to be. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm. Nice save. Nice save. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Whatever. Speaking of bars, first of all, let me just say, I'm so happy to have you in the studio. Are you having fun? Yes, I am, and thank you for having me. Yeah. The pleasure is all mine. I know you didn't say my pleasure, but uh, I felt yeah. like you could have. And okay. So I said the pleasure is all. Okay. Pleasure is absolutely thank all you. mine. It's, it's definitely your pleasure to meet me. <laughs> let me tell you something about <laughs> Carvin, guys. When you first meet him, you don't really think he has much of a personality. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, he's just so calm and, you know, he's like, you know, handsome guy. He's just kind of sitting there like, yeah, you know, unassuming. And then he starts talking and he's literally hilarious. He's really funny, though. It seems like when he's making fun of me, I'm wondering <laughs> if this is becoming his new pastime. No, no. It's just so easy, isn't it? No, no, no. You're not an easy target. This I'm not? I, it no, feels no. like it. No, no, no. I feel like I should put a picture of myself right here and just hand you some tarts. No, no. You actually give me great alley-oops. So like, you, you <laughs> toss them up and I just slam you. <laughs> just slam up. Just like, boom. How could you resist? It's like it's an alley-oop. Who's going to let the ball hit the, hit the court? <laughs> slam the thing. You know what I mean? It's there. Well, let me tell you what else you've slammed. Okay. The music game. Well, thank you. Well, you know this already. And I want to talk a little bit about that. But really what I want to do is talk about this entrepreneurial really enterprise that you created kind of under the guise of music. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that hit me yesterday that I didn't know about you is that you are so tapped in to the creator. Like you are highly, like you operate intellectually, creatively, spiritually, on a whole different level. I'm being very serious now here with you. Mm-hmm. And it hit me last night because as we were talking on your podcast, which we got to make sure we tell people about, I was like, this. there is no, no reason you can create amazing lyrics and amazing music because like your whole being is just light years ahead of anybody else. How... Did you always know that? You know, I, I I can't say that I knew anything. It's just being more introspective um, as well as I was a very observant kid. So I always watched everything around me, not just uh, music or parents or friends, but I watch nature. And I'm just like in tune to what's going on. And I'm, I just like to take notes of whatever I see and record it in as words or feelings so if I'm sitting somewhere watching the wind blow I start figuring where is it coming from how is it coming and what's making it blow in the direction that it's blowing and I'll start asking myself all these deep questions so I go down this whole rabbit hole and you know and I'll feel a certain way when I feel like I discovered my own answer 
So yeah. So this know. introspection. Mm-hmm. Where do you remember being an instru in? Dang, I just said the word and I forgot what it was. Introspective. You said as a kid you remember that, but do you remember times where you were like, okay, I'm thinking a little bit differently than people as a young young age yeah, at a young age. Definitely. Um, I, I used to read the dictionary when I was a kid. So that was like my. You first, mean like read, read, or like, like read, look up words like, like no, the rest I of would us. like okay. open the dictionary and start at A and well start at the context and then read the dictionary and then uh, from there. Um, back in the day, they used to give the Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. They would come by and give you the first three books, A, B, and C. Right. And then and pray had, that you would buy the rest. Exactly. And we could never afford the rest. <laughs> but when we got them, I literally was the child reading that. From A to C. <laughs> so anything anything A to C, I might have some information on it. <laughs> After you made your millions, though, did Cats, you go back birds, and get huh? D through C? <laughs> I think my mom ended up buying them, but by the time I was on to something different. You're like, I'm so far past that, yeah, mom. Yeah, I'm so yeah. far past it. Yeah. Okay, so wait, you mentioned growing So you're from Philly. I'm from Philly. And you mentioned Will Smith earlier as one of the artists that you've worked with, right? Yeah. But and, and, and last night, again, when we were talking, I don't want to give the podcast away too much, but... You grew up, you know, not your your adulthood, economically speaking, looks completely different than what it did as your childhood. Oh, absolutely. What was that like? So for me as a child, um, I, I was born in Philadelphia. Um, at three, we moved from Philadelphia to Savannah, Georgia. So I grew up in Savannah, Georgia from three to 12. And on my 12th birthday, my mom asked me, what did I want for my birthday? And I told she said, do I want a Honda scooter or to move back to Philly? Mm. And I said, Philadelphia is where I want to go. My destiny is in Philly. So I think we should move back to Philly. Really? So, yeah, so we moved back to what, Philly. What took you guys to Savannah? Um, we, well, my family is from Savannah. So uh, my grandfather and grandmother met there. And most of my family is from Savannah. So, yeah, that's so what your mom was taking you back home, basically. Yeah, well, she was she was leaving Philadelphia because uh, she had gotten her and sisters was involved in drug uh, use and all that stuff. And she became a Muslim and got cleaned up. Oh. And in that she decided that she wanted to get away from Philadelphia. And so she went to Savannah and we moved to Savannah. We stayed. The first place we lived was Garden Homes. And that's 533B Garden Home, Duffy Street in Garden Homes. Yeah. Is that a housing unit? Yes. Yeah, okay. yep, yep. It's a, a housing project in Savannah, Georgia. And that's the address, 533B. Yeah, Duffy Street. So 533B. Yeah. Now, not that I hope I don't, I'm not messing up the answer to this question, but not that I saw. You don't have anything named 533B or. Mm-hmm. Like I just remember all of my addresses. Every address I had as a kid, I remember every single one of them. Because you have a really good memory. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, not really good. It's just, yeah, I remember a lot of my everything in my childhood back to three years old. Really? Yeah. Like, do you remember what you were doing on January 3rd? I can't no. give you that. Okay. I was just wondering because you yeah, said everything. Everything, yeah, yeah. But the uh, moments, yeah. <laughs> those moments, yeah. And it, what was you say? January what? January 3rd. 71. 77. Oh, wow. Uh, mm, I think we, we were on Waters Avenue, actually. Um, no. <laughs> I was like, dang, this dude is dope. I know, right? Everybody's like, you know, everybody's dialed into They're like, <laughs> even Saint put the phone down. Like, wait, what? Where was it? What was he doing on that day? No, but so. <laughs> but I think it's interesting because what we do know, whether we know it or not, our childhood shapes yeah. 
everything else, right? Mm-hmm. It literally does. It shapes everything else. And whether we, whether we're intentional about remembering it or these, we have these facets, these pieces of our, of our childhood that creep back up, good or bad, yeah. as we continue to grow. So when you said you remember everything, a lot of people don't, right? Yeah. They say that. A lot of times they say it's not even possible for you to remember a lot of those things, but for you to have those moments. Yeah, I have every every moment that was life-changing, I think, or every eventful moment, like I remember all of them. Like I remember, I actually remember being two going on three, and um, we where we lived in Philadelphia, um, we lived on second and Cambria, and my brother and sister went to a school called Potter Thomas, which was on 5th in Indiana, which is three blocks up and two blocks down. I remember in my pamper leaving the house in the morning and walking to the school. You mean like pamper diaper? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And walking to the school and going into the school. And um, one of the teachers found me and she was like, called my mom. I was like, what your, are you, your yeah. child is here. And How did she know who she you belong to? I guess my because of my brothers and sisters and my mom bringing us through. But yeah, she called my mom. Was like, yeah, I have your child here. And you remember? Yeah, going to the school. I remember walking the whole distance. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this question, just because I'm curious. Do you remember what you were thinking? Like yeah, at- I, I was I was going to school. Like I was I never wanted my brothers and sisters to have more than what I had or was able to do what I mm-hmm. couldn't. I, I didn't want to be limited. So if they're going to school, I'm going to school too. If they're getting a musician shot, I need one too. We all get it. It's, we are all or nothing. You know what I mean? How many brothers and sisters do you have? Uh, with my mom, it's, it's five of us. But at the time, it was uh, just me, my brother, and my sister. Wow. Yeah. So you're 12. And mm-hmm. clearly your mom thinks you're a, a, a little bit of a different child because she asks you, what you want to do like yeah. what do you want for your birthday you want a Tonka truck or you want some more candy right I mean you want to go to Dave and Buster's or you want to go check and cheat check and cheese right your mom was like do you want a new car or you want to move back to Philly <laughs> I mean like <laughs> like yeah. you know most most adults aren't allowing their children to dictate really the rest of the, your, their lives right Cause, yeah and you said go back to Philly. Yeah. Because you knew that's where you were going to leave your yeah. mark. Yeah, I told him my destiny was in Philly. Yeah. Those are my exact words. What was your destiny, do you think, at I, that time? I, I, I can't even pinpoint exactly what I knew it was because I did not know. I just knew that whatever my destiny was, it was in Philadelphia. Yeah. Were you, did you have any kind of musical inclinations at that time? Oh, or? yeah. I mean, I, I didn't. Well, I, did, I can't say I had aspirations, but I knew um, music is what I love. I grew up to it every morning, waking up, uh, being dressed, sitting on the edge of the bed with my coat on. And uh, every morning at 7.30, wake up, everybody would play um, mm. Mr. Kenny, uh, Mr. Uh, Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff uh, with that song. Um, that song would play every morning. And I remember... Late at night, um, I would stay up all night long listening to music. So my mom would tell me to go to sleep. I would take the radio. Well, I, I actually rebuilt the radio that we had. It was broken, and I fixed it. And I would listen to this music in the middle of the night. I would turn the volume down and just listen to like 4 o'clock in the morning until I fell asleep, just listening to all of these records. 
like me and Mrs. Jones and Cowboys the Girls and all of these old records that are really my mom's music, but it was just like super overwhelming every time I heard it. Like the 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 cadence, the lyrical content, the story. It was it all felt like it was something I lived through already. And I was eleven. You know what I mean? Ten, nine, ten, eleven. So yeah. Whose spirit did you have in you, do you think? As far as just because you were such an old soul, yeah, I, at that time, I have no idea. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's definitely that. Always was about just good music, great music, and great ideas. And uh, yeah, so I can't, I can't tell you who that was, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And so back, you're back in Philly, mm-hmm. and you're, you know. Banging on the piano keys, writing down A, B, C, D. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what's but, funny? Um, in, in Savannah, um, so we moved from um, we moved from Garden Homes and to we moved to Presidential City. Well, Garden Homes, then uh, then Waters Avenue, then uh, Presidential City, um, uh, and uh, Fred Wessel on Presidential Boulevard. And when we were there, uh, I had friends, and one of my friends' house was facing the playground. And it, the way the uh, projects were set up is downstairs apartments, upstairs apartments, with stairs that go up and then go over. So it's like a small porch on uh, that is in front of the house. Okay. So it's just enough to have chairs or whatever. And every day we would be out there, me, myself, Carl Schumann, uh, Michael Roundtree, Sidney Porter, uh, Anthony, Kenneth, and we would be performing songs. So we would do like... All of the time. So, like, even now, when I'm listening to Mars Day and the Time, I'm going through all of those moments because we had dance steps. We had Stacey Adams. Right. <laughs> we had the whole thing. And they, it was everything. And then, of course, we would do some print stuff. But that we would do uh, Mars Day um, and the Time and Cool in the Game. Those were the two groups that, because it was all of us. So and did people like, when you were out there doing it, would people like come up and watch y'all? Oh yeah, they, they, everybody would watch So it was us. like a thing. Yeah, it's like they a thing every day. They expected you. Right, and, and the thing is Carl's mom would be at work. So <laughs> at the time she was at work, we would be out on that front porch giving it up. And it was like a ball, right? And at that time I could sing really well. And then at a certain point my voice started changing and I was like, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's over. <laughs> the ship has ran its course. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, you know, I'm just gonna start writing some stuff now. Yeah, and yeah. giving it to other people. Maybe I should rap. <laughs> yeah, that's how I got into it. Yeah. Oh. My oh, voice wow. changed, and then I just started like dropping bars. Oh, because you know my voice like is that. Sounds like that. Yeah, I can hear. I can hear the timbre. Okay. <laughs> All right. Listen, we got to take a break, but we. I think we have one caller on the line. Are they still there? We'll take this caller. We normally don't until five thirty, but. Since Carvin is here, we're going to do something different. See how you just, you change every game. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this entrepreneurship piece. Who's on the line calling on Over the Top with Michelle Taylor Willis? What's up? Hi. Hi. Hi to you. How are you? Oh, this is Jeff. Yeah, what's up, JR? How are you? You got it, folks. Hey, hey, your guys, man, Carvin is a cool dude, man. I need to meet him, man. Well, you can talk to him right now if you want to. Are you gonna uh, say yeah, hi? I know you. I know you. At, you know I can come. <laughs> no, no, you don't come here. You can talk to him on the microphone. I can talk to him on the microphone. What's up, Carl? Yo, what's going on, Jr? How you doing, man? 
I'm good, brother. I'm good. Yeah, she had mentioned my nephew, Jordan. Yeah, he's a nice little up-and-coming little cat that's doing some cool music. I think Michelle's going to play some later on, so I'm going to put my pitch in right now. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> but, you know. Oh, this, hey, is, look, this you is, know, is a business transaction. Hey, God, God puts that's, you in the right a... places at the right time, and for me to just drop in on Michelle this afternoon and you on the show, that's that's, that's how it's supposed to be, baby. Oh, okay. I, you I know thought what? you was calling to say hi. I thought you were saying what's up. You you making a business deal right now? I got it. <laughs> hey hey, Michelle, know I'm her guy. We do it all the time. She's so a shot, baby. I'm in, drop in. Well, you know, hey hey, things is working, man. Yes, you sir. the man, baby. Yes sir, yes sir. Thank you for that, man. It's definitely a blessing, brother. He said, "Shoot your shot." <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good in neighborhood. So listen, uh, I just wanted to holler and uh, tell my sister I love her, so, so we can move on. Let y'all do y'all thing. I'm here. Thank you so much, JR. I appreciate you calling and always appreciate the support. And yes, we are playing Jordan's music today. I I fool, that's cool. I'm gonna see some new stuff. They just made and they just they just did a new little thing up in Brooklyn uh Monday. So I got to see some more stuff. Awesome. Send it to me. As long as it's clean, I'll play it. Thanks for calling in, JR. I'll always clean, babe. All right. Peace. All right. Peace, bro. Guys, you're listening to Over the Top with Michelle Taylor Willis on uh, Real 1100 AM, Over the Top on iHeartRadio. Podcast is in full effect. Thank you to Jerome. When we come back, we got senseless shenanigans, which I think is going to be pretty senseless. We're going to talk about how this guy parlayed his passion into an entrepreneurship empire and how you can do the same thing and talk a little bit maybe about what's next. Guys, don't go anywhere. It's Over the Top with Michelle Taylor Willis. Don't touch anything, please. I'm begging you. We'll be right back. Michelle. 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 Take this one here for me and my DJ. All right, guys, I can't believe it's an hour already. We are back. It is 5 o'clock. You know what that means? No. What does it mean? Oh, yeah, right. He's like, uh-uh, no. Not at all. Like, seriously, open. Open your mouth and let the beautiful words flow out. Five o'clock. It means it's time for senseless shenanigans. One. Shenanigans! 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 I got to give a major shout-out to Greg. Greg, my producer, is always on point. He's got, like, the great bumpers. He's got the awesome drops. Like, Everything you do is amazing. You're welcome. You're welcome for me giving you that what? shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it, like everything you hear on this show, he did it. Shout out to me for picking you. <laughs> okay. I'm just tripping. I'm just tripping. All right. We got Sisla Shenanigans. I'm going to give another shout out to my amazing intern, Jarrell, who was always on point what is happening yo in the happy world? wednesday everybody so i don't know if i'm a superhero or what you're a superhero i, I speak this man's name into existence and less than because last week we talked about it it was literally a week ago seven days uh sentenced to 150 days that oh, same gosh. evening okay then man, we're back on this we have to because it's just a quick and then we can move on All right. he escaped again i don't know how he did it but no okay. no jail time he officially got out. All right, for everybody who wasn't here last week, yes. uh, listening on Real 1100 AM over the top with Michelle Taylor, well, let's tell them to whom you're referring. Yes, uh, to the actor Juicy Smollett, a.k.a. Jesse. Um, we all know about the hate crime that happened back in 2019, and he got convicted and everything was set in stone, but they decided to release him not only the same day they gave him the verdict, but I think it was less than 24 hours. He was able to walk away from Cook County Jail in Chicago. Um, yeah, they don't see him as a threat. It's his first violent, you know, well, it wasn't even violent. It was his first crime, really, ever. So they're treating it as one of those, 
he's not going to flee or anything like that, so we're just going to let him go. I don't really have too much on that. I just wanted to say I don't know how he did it, but that's shenanigans to me. It is shenanigans. How did he do it? Carvin, and for those of you guys just joining us, we got Carvin Hagens in that house today. He's worked with literally every major R&B singer in the game. This guy is is responsible, and he's changed the way we listen and think about music. We got Carvin Hagens in the house all the way from Philly. Carvin, do you think that that is shenanigans? You know... I try my best not to indulge in other people's activities, but uh, it just seems very, um, seems like a point needed to be proven. It seems like a a public humiliation had to happen. It seems like a a slap on the hand in front of everybody needed to happen. And it it, it feels like the justice system had to prove that he did a crime. And that's all they wanted to do. That's what it feels like. So, because so, he walked away before with nothing. He right? did, yeah. and then they're like, ah, oh, no, 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 right. no. We got to correct that. We got to correct that. And then, something. and then they just did something. Right. And then they still like, ah, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, like, is it? Right. Is any of it working? Like, um, I mean, are we? Are, are they getting out of it what they wanted to get out of well, it? Well, I, I think when you look at that performance before they took him back, it was, I think that was enough. That was enough to get out of it. Seemed like a lot of fear was in his eyes and. You know, and he's like, I, if anything happens to me, it felt, it felt like he was, you know, remorseful. Yeah. And I think that's what they were looking for. And they got what they wanted. And, and you know. So mission accomplished. Yeah. Seems like it. You heard it here first, guys, on Over the Top with Michelle Taylor Willis right here on Real 1100 AM in Midtown Atlanta. All right, you got another. Yes, we're going back to back with the shenanigans today, guys. So a little bit down Doubling south. Up. Not today. Is it Florida man? It's Florida men. What? Florida men? Now, it's you can pick, say what you want, guys, but due to the crazy, as we know, gas prices, these guys are either super villains or superheroes. It is up to you to decide. I'm going to go with superheroes because they didn't get a chance to do the villainous part. So, okay. when it comes to four Florida men in uh, Lakeland, Florida, um, I'm not sure what part of Florida that is, but Lakeland and Lakeland Luntz. Lakeland's not too far from Tampa. I'm from Florida. Okay. So okay. Right oh, no, no, actually, no, thank you. Like, have you heard of Luntz, Florida as well? L-U- L-U-N-T-Z. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Luntz, Florida. So, those are the two uh, counties that got attacked personally, and they were both Circle K gas stations. So, to make a long story short, Multiple men went to different Circle K uh, gas stations in these respective counties and put a installing device that not only drops the gas prices, but it makes them darn near penniless. Superhero! Yep. Free. Almost, like, almost free. I agree with Tony Baker on this, and it's a superhero. (laughs) Now, this is where the story goes dark. Um, Superheroes, until you figure out the end game of what they were trying to do. Um, They were trying to take the gas for themselves just to resell it for a cheaper cost and make profit. Yeah. That, but but they didn't get a chance to get to that part. Uh, Florida police shut that down quicker than. Well, I don't. Yo, know, when you steal from the government, I don't know if yeah, it's, you, just it's just me, why? but I don't think they ever not get their money back. You oh, know what no, I mean? They like, always get. They come money. to collect. It could be tomorrow. They know two you're days. taking it. They're like we're watching you steal it, and then you. Know. Because I feel like if they only did one Circle K gas station, they maybe would have got away with it for longer. But the fact that they went to two and the dates were like March 10th, March 12th, March 14th, like, yeah, it was, it were, they were too sporadic. Criminals are so stupid. I, I know. And like, how do you have a genius? And smart. Like, if, if, they channeled, right. if they channeled that genius part of them right. into something 
you know, productive. Right. It would be amazing. Right. But it's like they take that genius and destroy it with stupidity. It's like idiot savant, right? It is. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very smart over here, but very dumb right here in this area. It's so oxymoronic. Yeah. Yeah. It's so oxymoronic. But I love the. Now, here's a question. How did they come up with these? Like, did they create this device? Well, you know, in the day and age of technology, literally, you can take someone's PIN number from, you know, a scan or a swipe of the card. That's why they actually recommend you going inside and not paying at the pump anymore. Right. Because people are notorious for putting fake um, card readers and scan readers on the pumps themselves. And literally what it will do is just go to your card ID, pull like a regular transaction for gas, and then when you're not looking, come back and get you later. Right. This was like that, but on the reverse end. So they were getting the gas pumps instead of getting the customers. So I want to talk to these guys and just see if I can get some insight. Uh, well, I mean, we, I don't want to do anything with it. No, no, no. We can know. we can go down to Florida County. Because uh, it cost me $118 <laughs> to fill up. Yeah, mm. exactly. So I just want to talk to them, pick their brains a little bit. Yeah, I got some questions. I, got I just some. got some questions. That's it. Listen, thank you, Jarrell, so much. I appreciate that. You did it. You knocked it out the park with the senseless shenanigans. Appreciate it. See you guys so next young. Wednesday. <laughs> Not to be so young. Like <laughs> she thinks she still thinks I'm twelve, y'all. That's He looks twelve. Wow. All right. His beard is nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. All right. So so all right, so we're back to Carvin. So Carvin. Mm-hmm. So you spend your your young life basically realizing and reconciling the fact that you think a little bit different. You have a connection. That's much different. You mentioned Muslim because I know you practiced Mm -hmm. for a while, right, before converting back to Christianity. Mm -hmm. How did that play a part into what you did creatively? But Islam, I Mm -hmm. I think more than anything, it was um, it was character building. Right. Mm -hmm. In Islam, we weren't allowed to watch um, slave movies. Uh, Of course, we definitely didn't subscribe to the idea of white people being smarter than us. Mm. Um, we didn't subscribe to the idea that we came from slaves. Uh, um, we were taught that we came from kings and we, we are not slaves. We're stolen property. Um, so it was a lot of... Uh, it's like uh, this whole different perspective. Really yeah, on. Yeah. It, yeah, it was like self-esteem understanding, whereas though I'm greater than you and I know it. So that you can't outthink me. You can't physically beat me. Like I, I've, I was, I've been designed to be greater than you, and that's been my life understanding. So, with that, there was no limitations in anything that I could do or how I could do it, and that's that's the one thing the nation did for us. Um, you know, of course, yeah, it got a little radical, but you know, to learn things, it needs a radical moment at times, right? For change, sometimes right. it has to get radical for it to change, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. But I think when you can pull the fundamentals out of anything, yeah. right? And so, and I see, we see that in you, right? Discipline, yeah. this confidence. I, one of the things I really admire about you is this quiet confidence that you have. You know, some people walk in the room and you know they think like the room was made for them, right? Mm-hmm. And because they just, they tell you. <laughs> And then some people walk into a room and you know that the room changes because they're there. And they know it's them. Mm. And you know it's them. But they don't have to verbally communicate it. Mm. And I think that's one of the cool things about you. Because just like you said, right? I love how you said, I was designed to be greater than you. You were raised with that 
philosophy, yeah. that theology. Yeah. And so when that's ingrained in you in a, a young age, it's almost like the wor- you, you were taught to believe that the world is your oyster. Yeah. So no matter what you did, how you did it, it was going to be great. And you were going to offer this significance back into the world. And so you, ownership was a thing. Didn't matter yeah. what it was. I'm Now I'm assuming. Yeah. That whatever it did, you were going to own it. You yeah. were going to create it, and you were going to own it. At what point did you realize it's going to be music? Um, I think, uh, so at, in the course of uh, time, I became a rapper. I became an MC, And when I became an MC, I was, like, very ambitious, um, energetic. All my raps were thought-provoking. Do you remember, and, like, any of your first lines? No, nah, I don't remember. Dang, I was going to have yeah, you spit it. Yeah, nah, See? Yeah. Man, you can't spit it. Well, actually, uh, there's quite a few records that's on Music's first album that are actually my raps that we converted. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get into that later. Okay. But um, So I started uh, as an MC, and once I got into that world, I knew that that's where I belong. And uh, me and my mom had this conversation. She wanted me to get a job. She was like, you need to get a job. And mind you, I'm still 14, 15. I'm like, no, I'm not ever getting a job. (laughs) And we went back and forth. And I'm like, listen, you go to work, you come home miserable. You get your Mm. paycheck. You're happy when you get it. You You pay the bills. You're miserable. Like at no point of what you're doing, it shows happiness for me. So I'm not doing that. I, I know what I want to do. This is what I'm doing. So um, when I was 16, I got offered a record deal. And um, my mom was like, no, nah, we're not signing it. So I signed it, right? And she was like, it doesn't, you, we don't know if this, if they're going to rob you or whatever. So I signed it because I felt I'm underage. And if I sign it without her consent, if it's wrong. It's null and void anyway. Absolutely. So what, what harm am I doing? Right. It's right. not going to harm anything. So I signed it. We did the record. We did. Uh, what was the name of the record? One of the records was called uh, Death Vibration. And the other one was called Don't Put the Bubble in the Pipe. And that was an anti-drug record. Don't put the bubble in the pipe. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the mayor of Philadelphia used the record as his campaign record in Philadelphia. What? So we toured with the mayor. That's dope. When record. you were 16. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. That's dope. So okay. at that point, I was, you know, in high school uh, with a record. And yeah. So you're like, I mean, what's it like walking in? Your teacher is like, Carvin, did you do your homework? And you're like, um, really, Mrs. Jones? No, no I, was, I was really <laughs> the same person. It was just like, you know, it was what I was doing. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't me. That was my job. You know what I mean? So I never really took that persona as this is who I am. Don't tell me what to do. It's like, yeah, that's my job. And now I have to go to school. Uh, I'm off work. Let me go to school. So I was more about that. But in school, one of my classes was market and distribution. Uh-huh. And that class, Mr. Dezub was my teacher. That class was like, class was very influential in a lot of things that I proceeded to follow um, in the business. And I remember, um, I remember the school, we did a, uh, they interviewed me for the, uh, for the school newspaper. And in the newspaper, they asked me, what did I want, you know? How do I see myself in the future? And I was like having my own record label, my own studio, and putting out recording artists. And yeah, and I was at, I was 17 at the time, yeah. And when you said it, because you know sometimes you say stuff, and I feel like sometimes I open my mouth and words come out that I'm not exactly, I'm not formulating in my head. They're just 
did you feel like you were intentionally saying that or was like you said it and you're like, oh gosh, wait, is this going to happen? You know what I mean? No, I, I absolutely knew and believed it. It was, it was like without a shadow of a doubt, it's going to happen. How? That's not my problem. Right. Right. I'm not, I don't need to figure that out yet. But it's going to work itself yeah, out on yeah. its own. Absolutely. So how did you land your first? I mean, was music your first? No. Who was your who'd you work with first? That was that put you. So um, uh, during the course of me being a rapper, um, life changed a little bit and I got involved in different a different lifestyle and just understanding different things. Right. Um, from that, I can I, you elaborate or no? Uh, I mean, we can go into it, okay. but it, 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 okay. yeah, it's, I mean, it's, if it's pertinent to the story, if it's meeting, no, you know, I want. I mean, it. It, it is, but I don't think we're gonna go that far in the story. But it's definitely, um, it's definitely something that shaped my whole life, right? Okay, just yeah. say one piece of it, because uh, that's important. Uh, street pharmacist, basically. Oh, that. Yeah. Mm, oh, okay, yeah, I did yeah. not know that's yeah, where yeah, you were going. Yeah, I was in street pharmacist. Okay, yes, yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. All right, so, well, um, we got it. Thank you, and <laughs> cool. as you work. Yeah, but yeah, but but within that, I learned a lot. I learned how to understand people. I learned mm -hmm. how to uh, read people just by the way they walk, from a handshake, just by the timbre of how they speak. And it, it made me more in tune to hearing them versus, like, listening to them. But I could hear them. I could hear what the inner side, right? So right. it kind of made me really raise my senses on everything as well as learning how to survive on a certain amount of time and eat on a certain amount of food and things of that nature. So it kind of shaped me in a way. Mm -hmm. And from that, I went to, I, I uh, moved to Willingboro and I started working for a production company called Up and Up Productions. And at that time I was recording there. And then um, when I got away from, you know, street life, I was like, yo, I need a place to be. So I went to the owner and was like, yo, Harold, I need, let me intern here. He was mm. like, no, we don't have space. I was like, bro, listen, if you don't allow me to come here, this is what's going to happen. I got to go back to Aethan, Indiana, and either I'm going to die or people are going to have to die in order for me to prove who I am. And he was like, I don't want you to get involved mm. with that. So he let me intern at, the, at that studio. And um, So having that sense of self to know, like, yeah. I can see the road I'm about to hit. I don't want to hit that road. You got to help me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How old were you about that time? Uh, at that at, at that time, I was about uh, maybe eighteen. Okay, God, eighteen, like, nineteen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, he brought me in, and and so I interned there. And while I was there, we were doing commercials for the local radio stations, and uh, just putting everything together. And in that process, I met Jazzy Jeff. And when I met Jazzy Jeff, me and Harold saw Jazzy Jeff, and you know, Jeff, we had uh, the Up and Up production jackets on. And Jeff was like, yo, you guys do the commercials. We was like, yeah. He was like, man, y'all y'all really dope. And we was like, yo, that's what's up. And we walked away from Jeff. And I was like, yo, we really should talk to him. And I was like, nah, man, we bigger than Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bro, real quick, uh, Jazzy Jeff is getting thrown out the door right. every Monday night. Right. We are not bigger than Jazzy Jeff, bro. And, and so I went back. I was like, if he's outside, when I go outside, I'm talking to him. Right. So, and it was snow. It was like a mass snowstorm. We went outside. Jeff had a yellow Pathfinder. I was like, I went over to the Pathfinder. I was like, yo, Jeff, you know, I'm carving. Yo, can we get your information? So we exchanged numbers. And from that, like, we just, I just stayed in touch. Kept calling him whenever I was in the city. And then I was trying to blend up and up productions with Jazzy Jeff's company. Because mm -hmm. at this point, Jeff's company had 
disbanded and he had a touch of jazz, but all of the producers had left and went to do their own thing. So it was just Jeff. So I was like, maybe if I can get up and up productions and Jeff the partner, it'll be a bigger look for everybody. So I started trying to make that happen. And it, it somehow it fell apart, but me and Jeff stayed close. So when he started building a new touch of jazz, he brought me in. And um, when he brought me in, he was like, it was like 15 people and we all were around the table and everybody's like, yeah, I, uh, I write and produce, I mix, I'm an engineer, I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter. And I was like, bro, listen, I never wrote a song before, but I'm sure I can. All I need you to do is give me the opportunity. And he was like, all right. And yeah, here we are. And through that is where my first um, experience in writing songs happened. And my first placement was with, um, I think my first placement was, well, I did a record for a group that was um, with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, Mm -hmm. a rap group out of Philly that never made it to anything, but like it was, for me, it was my first confidence builder, right? Because I'm making tracks, I'm tone deaf, first of all, and I can't sing, right? (laughs) Yeah, so I'm like- Yeah, because your voice went crazy on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know, I'm like a deaf, dumb, blind kid <laughs> in, in the music. You know right, what I mean? like, <laughs> wait, wait, this dichotomy. Right, right, really like happening. you, you don't play, you can't sing. What's wrong? What's, Why are what's you it? here? Right, what are you doing, sir? Right, you know what I mean. So, um, to make a track and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis come in and hear the track, it's like we love it, and everybody's like, how did he? Like, how did you he? know he's deaf, dumb, and blind? <laughs> right, 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 right. How did he get musicians over here? And uh, so that's kind of how it was, just me in the studio every day, learning the equipment, learning how everything worked, studying the wire work, studying songs, listening to music, learning the format of how songs are written and put together, and literally doing due diligence night after night, 24 hours just listening and and discovering like what's making a great record. And um, um, with that, uh, I was able to place um, my first record with um, Kenny Lattimore. Mm. And it was for the Love Jones soundtrack. Yeah. Yep. Uh, one day I walked greatest, in. Greatest. One of the greatest movies. Yeah. And the soundtrack, the soundtrack is, is sick. Amazing, right? And literally, I walked in the studio. And um, uh, Valvin Rome, the guy who actually taught me how to write properly, um, him and Kenny was in the room. And um, Kenny was telling him about the movie. So Valvin was writing the record. It's crazy. And, and Kenny was like, no, nah, that's not it. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. And then Kenny went to the bathroom, and then Valvin turned to me and was like, "Yo, I'm about to leave, man. This dude is getting on my nerves. Like, <laughs> he's not. He he don't like anything. Right. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. So he left. And when Kenny came back, he was like, Yo, it's V. I said he left. He was like, All right. So I sat there. I was like, Let me ask you a question. What is this movie about? And he was like, Well, it's, it's a, a love story. Like, do you have a synopsis of the movie? And he's like, yeah. So let me read the synopsis. So I read the synopsis. And I was like, so wh- who is this song for? Like, who- whose perspective? Who is it coming from? And he's like, oh, it's coming from the guy's perspective. And this is what happened. He cheated on the girl or whatever. I said, okay, cool. And I was like, but what's your perspective? And he was like, well, my perspective is I'm, I'm more of a love guy. So I-, I need to approach this the right way. So I was like, okay, cool. So I um, sat there with him, and I started, like, rambling through words. I was like, what about this? He was like, no, but that's kind of the idea. It's like, okay, cool. So I went back, writing more ideas. I'm like, what about this idea? He was like, you're right. You're right near the part where I need you to be. Just change this, change that, 
had this at that. So we did that. He was like, all right, that feels like the hook of the record. So we went through it again. He's like, yeah, this is this is the record. This is what this feels like me. It's like, okay, cool. So we started writing the first verse. We got the first verse done. He was like, this is it. I was like, bet. And he got up and left. So I, I wrote the rest and of the record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I wrote the rest of the record. I know, right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like the slap on the head emoji. <laughs> like, I mean, like, yeah. seriously? Yeah. And it literally was like, from there, it's just like, whew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, we got Carvin Hagens uh, in here, songwriter, producer, engineer. I mean, he's the brainchild behind so much of the music we love, the soundtracks of the music that we love, the artist that we love. And one of, uh, I love the fact that you can you sit with people and you really understand the why, the who, the what, because we don't think about that yeah. in the in the music industry, right? Yeah. We think. People like write music, and if the world loves it, they love it. If it, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but this strategy behind what you did, I would assume, helped you create an amazing business model. Like, how did you say, okay, this is now a business? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm changing, I'm, I'm changing the game. I'm flipping it on its head, right? And I'm creating a new business model for how music how the industry is done how artists are seen how me as 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 the technical piece of music like how how did you parlay that into entrepreneurship well the the, the beauty of being um under someone else's company is learning the idea of how their company works right so being under jeff's company i learned everything about the the business i needed to know as far as how to treat your, the people that are there what to cherish, what to throw away, all of the mistakes, I marked them down to say, we're not going to make those mistakes. All of the best parts, I made sure I, I kept those as these are the things that we're going to use. And so when we left Jazzy Jeff, I partnered with um, Ivan Barrios. And with me and Ivan Barrios, we, uh, we came to the conclusion that when we create our music, we want to do it exactly how A Touch of Jazz was, which was basically um, built from the same model of Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff which is Philadelphia International. So um, we, we literally designed our building and, and the way our business was going to run exactly like Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff. It's like we want to make sure... You weren't trying to recreate the wheel. No, you just no. Needed to, yeah. yeah, it just needed to be uh, modernized, right? It's like, all right, we had wooden wheels. Well, how about you put rubber on it? <laughs> all right, we got rubber on it. How about we put some hammers on it? You know what I mean? The hammers on it. How about we put some Dayton's on it, right? The wheels are the wheels. We just got to gotta make them modern and make them work. So with, uh, with that, that's exactly what we did. And then the songwriting aspect, that just came from me studying folk music. So yeah, I, I really yeah yeah I love country music and I love folk music. So I I went to the music uh, to the uh, the library and got all of the folk music CDs and burned copies of them right and took them back and I would drive around in my car listening to this music like really trying to get the essence of like what's making this song so great. Mm. And one day I was uh, riding and it was a song with a hand clap and a stamp and. I was listening to the song so intensely that um, intently that it was like dissecting everything. And I was like, wait a minute. It's only a clap and a stump in this record. And it got me caught. And what it was, the storyline was so great, I couldn't turn away from it. 
I didn't care what the music sounded like. That's what country music is yeah. so dope. Yeah. Because like, the stories are so good. You, the, the music goes away once the story starts. Right. And that, that was a part of my philosophy. Like, we, I need to make the, the story so exact and so real and so honest. That the music almost doesn't even matter. Right. Goodness gracious. Yeah. You're dropping. Yeah. Got it. And so, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And so now you've created this model where people are, are paying you yeah. really for your intellectual property. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which was, was the idea, right? It's like you, you, you have a gift that God gave you and you want to exercise it in a way that you, it could be beneficial for you and your family and everyone else that you want to help. So um, with, with that, it, it was the idea. Let's, every artist we work with, we don't just make records and send it to them. Like my, my partner and I, our, our whole motto was we tailor the song to the artist. It's like a suit. It's a one of one. Mm. You come here, we, we, we size you up. And we, we sit you down, we interview you, we and, and we don't interview them like, so where'd you come from? We interview them over some food and we talk and we laugh and we joke and we, you know. Because you need the soul, you need the essence, you need the absolutely. why so absolutely. that you can create. I love it. Okay. Absolutely. Guys, we got to take a break. I'm so far past, but I'm intrigued by it, the story. It's not the stories. It's, it's you. You know what I'm saying? It's you that are... Um, that's giving like the why and so that people can hear who you are through this story through all of these things that you're saying so it's not it's not the music it's not the industry it's it's the meat that you're offering to people that can really get get them jump started to whatever it is that training looks like all right guys it's over the top with michelle taylor willis on real 1100 am i heart listeners i hope you're still there if you're not you are losing out guys when we come back you can call in and talk to mr hagan's 404-603-8770 this is gonna be a short break we got to get back in here because i i need i need more of what's coming next for carvin over the top michelle taylor willis if you touch anything guys it's over for you we'll be right back Michelle. That's me. What's up, guys? Welcome back. I don't. Okay, yeah. It's over the top with Michelle Taylor Willis. And it's so over the top that I don't even know what I'm doing at the time. But it's because I got this amazing guy sitting in front of me, Mr. Carvin Hagens, who is all things amazing, but he also is an author. C-G-H Thoughts. What's the G stand for? Can you tell us? Good times. Okay, fair enough. We will not get the government middle name, guys. But just know that it is good times. He's got a book out about... Godson. Godson, really? No. Oh, okay. I was like, man, that's deep. See, he just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper with it right here on Real 1100 AM. If you guys have been driving with us... If you're still in traffic, you're welcome because this guy's is dropping all kinds of amazing gems. Well, thank you. And I was saying on break, you know, we were talking to Facebook and Instagram at Michelle Taylor Willis, just about the essence of your soul, really. All of these amazing inners, so to speak, of you mm-hmm. and what makes you up, if that makes sense. And, yeah. you know, sometimes the, mm-hmm. the words don't come out as eloquently as yours do on paper. Yeah. See what I did there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we get to see this piece of you, and which I, I which I just love, um, and that's why I'm excited about the book because you've got quotes in there and words of wisdom, all of those amazing things that basically encapsulate kind of 
this journey that you've been on since you were two in Pampers, almost mm-hmm. three, mm-hmm. at the local elementary school, right? Yeah. Looking for your brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Like, where's my hoes at? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody gonna change my Pampers. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are just tuning in in the first hour, we were talking about how he remembered um, somewhere between two and three actually walking down to the neighborhood school in his pamper that was probably soil written, mm-hmm. uh, looking for his uh, his brothers and sisters. But anyway, um, just amazing. So talk to us about this book and how you just, why did you decide to write it all down? I guess it makes sense. You've been writing down songs, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what, what's, what's crazy is the way this all happened was not by me. It was outside of me. But um, so what I used to do and still do, I started putting scripture on my um, my Facebook page, right? I guess 10 years ago, maybe. So I started doing that. And, and then after that, I started doing quotes, right? So I would put up these very funny pictures. And then I would put a quote underneath it that was like powerful, impactful. It, it, it paralleled the picture, but it took um, what was funny and made a really uh, strong thought. So within that, I, I did it for, I guess, at the time, it was about two to three years. And then um, right after that, a friend of mine who um, she decided to take the quotes and make me a book for my birthday. Ooh, right. So that's she, really thoughtful. You know, that was extremely thoughtful. Right. Amanda Decker. Right. So she, she took the quotes and she made a book and she gave me the book. I was like. This, this is actually really dope, right? And of course, she just had it set up the way she had it set up. But I was like, this is this is good. Can you send me the outline the way you did this? Can you send me the files, the um, the word files? Because I, I think I want to work with this and actually make a real book, right? So I went through the quotes and I went through all of the quotes that she had in the book. And then I went through all of the quotes that I put on Facebook. And um, I just started to put each of these quotes in a category that made sense. And again, these are just my thoughts from my perspective, God inspired, but um, all my thoughts. And some may be offensive to people, but- Give me one that you think might be offensive. Well, I I honestly can't even remember the thoughts that's in that book. That's why they're there. And this (laughs) is- like, that's why I wrote them down. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have to remember it. Well, here's (laughs) here's the crazy thing about my memory, right? I could, I, I don't use a pen when I write, right? When I write songs or anything, I don't use a pen. If I, if I don't record the song, I can remember the song forever. If I record the song, then I'll forget it. What? It's already written. Yeah. So if, if it's something that I'm thinking of, yeah. I, I can remember it as long as I can remember it. But the moment it's recorded somewhere else, on tape, on paper. It's gone. Yeah. I can't tell you what it was. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of how it works. So, um, yeah. But in that book, I, I did some quotes, and I just recently made some T-shirts with uh, with some of the quotes out of the book. And one of the book, one of the quotes I used out of the book was, um, "Show me how it works, and I'll show you how to work it." Show right. me how it works, and I'll, I'll show, show you how, how to work, work it. Right. And basically, that comes from me learning something. You can teach me how to work, how something goes, and I can actually show you how to use it in a way that could be beneficial for you, right? And, and again, it's just one of the quotes that was in the book, but um, the, the book covered um, uh, my philosophies um, on religion, on relationship, on 
politics and it's just quotes that if if you get into it they will inspire you you read it it'll inspire you in every aspect of your life and it's all inspiration and motivation so what inspires you jesus yeah yeah that's my inspiration yep well, we can drop the mic on that one, and it makes sense. It's time for Ask Michelle, guys. We got somebody on the line. Who's called into Over the Top with Michelle Taylor Willis? Hi. Hi. Okay, my name is China Walker. I'm a senior at Booker T. Washington High School. What's up, China? How you doing? Now, me, myself, uh, I do a, I dabble in music a little bit, and I just recently started uh, doing poetry. So I was wondering if him doing poetry... Did it help in his perspective in writing his music? Absolutely. Um, uh, I was an MC, but poetry is is uh, the essence of a song. Jill Scott's first album is all poems. Mm. She literally came in the studio with a book of poems, and we created music to her poems. That's okay. the first album, Words and Sound, is all poems from Jill Scott poems. Wow. Yeah. How's that, China? That's good. So what are you going to do with that? Take it and use it. I was about to say, because I I don't do music. Seriously, I just do it playfully, but I find myself uh, liking poetry more and more. Because at the high school, they recently introduced something called Poetry Out Loud, which is a competition. So I've been trying to like encourage other classmates. So I was, And I know it's a lot of classmates who do music, so I was trying to see if they could see from a different perspective of even your music can be poetry. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you heard it. Hey, listen, you got it from the best right here. There's nobody better Thank you. at this than, than, than Carvin Hagen. So you're welcome, China. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in over the top. All right. So she's hilarious. I love her. Um, okay, so the book, because I feel like I said this earlier, and I wasn't, I wasn't joking when I said it. I feel like the back half of your life is now this this manifestation of everything that's happened in the first half. So the first half was like music and songwriting and producing and all of these things. And now it's like a different piece of the empowerment side of you. Like you used your musical talents, so to speak, and ability to be able to empower through other people, right? Mm -hmm. But now I feel like with the book and the podcast that you've got, you are able to empower like a direct empowerment like now this empowerment is coming from you like before it was like your words going to somebody else in their mouth right but now you're taking all of this knowledge and you're directly imparting it onto us right the book you know the words the quotes your thoughts on instagram right even people follow on instagram you can see all of these this carbonism so to speak yeah and now the podcast, yeah. where you're literally, because in the podcast, of course, it's a platform for other people, but it's also a platform that you can really kind of let out, like this freedom of who you are and how you think, yeah. because you make the these dots connect for the person on the other side of the microphone. Is that, am I making sense? Yeah, you're making a lot of sense. It's, yeah. It's like a methodical process right to because sometimes in our lives as we're growing we're growing and forgetting right because we're not really remembering where where the seeds started right because we live from 
point to point, right? So point A to B, we survive. And point C to D, we're surviving. And E to F, we're surviving. We're not really connecting the dots. We're just going from survival to survival to survival. There's, so, there's a huge mistake in that, it's, right? It's an absolute mistake and be, because in, in the forms of those survivals, everything that you're experiencing before you get to the point of survival is actually preparing you for the survival of the next trip, right? But if you keep um, forgetting that and moving on, you're actually putting the tools down that you need to get to the next level. So what I do in the podcast is to make sure I remind people how you got here and then I help them draw the line, right? Remember we were talking about doing mazes, right? Right, starting uh, at the end. You're starting at the end yes. and going back to the beginning, right? right? So that, that's what I do. I, I start at the beginning and get to the end and help them draw the line back to see how it started so they can know how they got to where they are. And a, a lot of this stemmed from um, years ago when we were in L.A. working, um, we met with Brian Alexander. We saw him in, the, in a, a hotel, and it was me and Keith Pelzer. And uh, Keith was like, man, that's the guy who did all of SWV. We need to meet him. Oh, my God. And I'm like, yo, let's go talk to him. So we go and we, we talk to it's him. It's like a Jazzy Jeff moment right, all right, over again, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so we're talking to him, and, and Keith asked him a question. He was like, man, what were you thinking when you did the SWV project? And he was like, man, I don't even remember that guy no more. And it was like, whoa. Wow. Like the industry beat you up so bad that you forgot the path. You know what I mean? So my goal was like, whatever I can get people back to that place, that's the that's the direction. And even in um, in my studios that I built, like I, I we have this big old studio, and then I have another studio that's my personal studio, and that studio is set up the exact same way as the B Room in Jazzy Jeff's studio where I discovered Music Soul Child. Really? Yeah, it's set up the same exact way. So I never forget that that moment, that place. So when I sit down at that desk, my mind automatically Is that the goes, desk and where I was? Is that But yeah, yeah, that room is now set up kind of like it. Of course, there's more modern equipment, but it's set up in the same fashion right. as it was, the same way, and same type of speakers, everything. So I never forget that moment, and the room is small, right? It could be huge, but it's, it's, it's a nice size, right. right, that the energy stays there and it doesn't linger out. And it's so. got a big jar of candy in it, which right. is amazing. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Who uh, is enjoyed by St. Everybody. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so what's interesting, and I, this now makes sense because you're so humble. I mean, you could walk around, you understand, with your chest completely poked out, but you're so humble. But I would have to imagine that it's because you are intentional on never forgetting where you started. Yeah. Never forgetting 533B, mm-hmm. Duffy Street. Yeah. That first office yeah. with Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. Like you are not going to allow yourself to forget what got you there. Yeah. And we forget ourselves. Yeah. You know, or we allow people to beat us up, the industry to beat us down, our businesses, our people to just speak power over us and have no business defining who we are. Yeah, absolutely. So you have been so intentional and dead set. on, And this is why I think you practicing Islam, um, the disciplines that are taught, agree or not, right? right? Yeah. But the disciplines that are taught have positioned you for 
significance as a two, three-year-old. Yeah. yeah. And one of those is never, ever forgetting where the start was. Yeah. So no matter how big you get, you own acres of studio right. space, but you're in that same concept of office because yeah. you're not going to get too big for yourself. You're not going to forget who you are. You're yeah. not going to forget where it started. Yeah. How how would you encourage, We I know we got to take a, bit, a break here. How would you encourage people to do that same thing? Well, here's the, here's the, the core of my idea is that um, the gift was a gift, right? The gift was given. So it's, it's really not me. This is God's stuff, right? So I, I always remember everything that's given to me, everything that I have, everything that was attained. It, this is God's stuff. He's let me borrow it. So there's no way I'm going to front real hard with God's stuff like it's mine. Like I can't, it's mm. like ain't no future in front. Like this is God's stuff. <laughs> Thank you, God, for letting me use it. You know, I'm going to drive my mom's car. I'm going to clean it and park it back where she had it. But I'm not going to be out here fronting like, yeah, I just bought this joint. It's mine. And I'm not going to feel myself. With the whole accent? Right, yeah, yeah, all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but the, the thing is, this is this is God's business and this is God's stuff. So I make sure I, I never forget that. This is his. Dude, this yeah. dude is dropping crazy Gems, Facebook, Instagram. I hope y'all are taking this to the bank. I am. I'm taking it all the way to the bank. I'm cashing that check. It's <laughs> over the top with Michelle Cash Taylor Willis, guys. We got one more break right here on Real 1100 AM and iHeart. We're almost done, guys, and I wish it was not over, but I feel like we're just beginning. Hang tight, guys. We're going to come back and wrap this whole thing up. Michelle. 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 Take this one here for me and my DJ. I cannot believe it. Can you believe it's been two hours? No. Have you had like, this has been the best interview of your life, hasn't it? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, don't one over, of the, oversell it. Don't oversell it. One of the best. Like uh, top three? <sighs> um. Carvin, yeah. seriously? Oh my gosh. It's um, enough with the transparency and truth. Yeah. Lie, for God's sake. I don't know. Lie. <laughs> Guys, welcome back <laughs> over the top with Michelle Taylor Willis. We got the man, the legend here, Carvin Hagens, who has been dropping so many bobs. I got to make sure. Thank you, Coca Cola, for this amazing smart water. I'm normally parched, but I've been so. <laughs> I was about to say something stupid. I couldn't even come up with it. Thank you. I love the smart water. You guys are amazing. Pristine and clean TV installations. Make sure you check my boy, Justin, out. 404-398-3131. Girls of Excellence, I appreciate you. And 100 Black Women, the coalition right here of Metro Atlanta. I appreciate it. Thank you for my my award, the unsung heroine, I should say. All right, Carvin. Mm-hmm. We got to wrap this thing up. Wrap that thing up, G. You remember that from In Living Color? Do you remember that episode? Yeah. And I don't want to. Like, literally, I, I would go another hour just listening to you drop amazing insight and gems. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you leaving the people with right now? What do you want them to do with the information you've shared? And how do you want them to support you in the second half? Well, I, I think, um, first of all, they can go uh, to at CGH Thought on um, Instagram and follow. They can go to at Carvin Hagens and follow. Um, and just tune in. We are we are really designing something great. Uh, we are uplifting, motivating, and 
inspiring people to be great, to live in their greatness, to walk in their greatness, to uh, deal with that childhood trauma, you know, because, you know, we, we all romance our childhood trauma and then we, we use it as a badge of honor. So we're, we're um, learning more about that and educating people on, you know, tackle that, go back to that childhood trauma. Find out the why of it and then understand that it was a part of the plan to make you as great as you are today, right? We take that trauma and we use it as uh, as the as the crutch or as the Achilles heel or, you know, we use it as a thing that, that's pulling us down when actually it happened for you, not to you. And you use it as a, a, a portion of power and motivation versus, you know, uh, tearing you down. So uh, I think it's important that 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 happens so within cgh thought we 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 give that push to to be great we give the reminder to let you know you're great we we give the inspiration to let you know that there's nothing that you can do can't do there's there's no one that can stop you like it anything you need or you want you speak it you believe it you say it you achieve it and that's it no more no less Praise in the process. Yeah, praise through the process. Praise through the process. Yeah, praise through the process is is one of the portions of the podcast. So they can go to the Ebony Network and, and look up the podcast, CGH Thought. And we've interviewed a lot of great people. And we're, they're just talking about their process and talking about what it took to get to where they are and, and drew that velvet line, show them from start to where they are. And it, hopefully it's the, the springboard that'll bounce them to where they're going in the future. Trauma happens for you guys, not to you. Carvin Hagen's in the house. Thank you. Well, thank you. I'm excited about this. We drove down here talking about the whole trip. You did? Yeah. Y'all talked just the whole trip, maybe a portion of the trip. Like, if it's a 10-hour trip, like maybe eight hours? No, no, I think it was like maybe 15 minutes in the scheduling, something like that. Guys, all right, so we're at the end of the show. I'm just shutting him down. I'm like, (laughs) And always, oh, this time, just to have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just got started, and before you know, comes the time we have to say so long. (laughs) Guys, you're amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in to Over the Top with Michelle Taylor Willis. I'm here every Wednesday at 4 p.m. I am your drive time entertainment. And I'm so good that you could wreck your car, but you don't because you're keeping your eyes on the prize over the top right here. You can catch us on iHeartRadio. You know, I am on Black is the New Green every Wednesday at 1230 p.m. on Radivision.com. According to Michelle, is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. We're on hiatus, but we got some new stuff coming up for season five. And I'm super excited about that right now, though. I got to get something to eat. So I am out. Been over the top with Michelle Taylor Willis. Tune in every Wednesday at 4 p.m. on The Real 1100. Night, Michelle.